So what's it worth? This peace on earth. That was Bono from U2. Bono grew up in the church. And uh, in this song, Peace on Earth, he asks, that's a tough question. Where is this peace that we talk about year after year? You hear him, you hear the angst. It sticks in my throat. Every year I'm sick of hearing about it because it doesn't, doesn't align with what I am experiencing, what I'm seeing in the world. There's almost an accusatory tone, isn't there? Like, like Jesus has reneged on a promise of peace on earth. And it's been 2,000 some odd years. Where is it? And uh, he wasn't just talking about the Ukraine or the Gaza Strip. Um, Bono grew up in Northern Ireland during what is now known as the Troubles. It was a 30-year period of violent conflict between the Catholics and the Protestants. They were bombing each other. Those names that he mentions in the song, the mom who didn't get to see the color in his eyes, there was a news article about her saying that she, uh, something about remembering the color of his eyes, not being able to remember the color of his eyes, or this sort of thing, and those names. It was actually a, a bombing incident that inspired him to write this song. Jesus, can you throw us a line? <laughs> it sticks in my throat these, with these words, this promise of peace on earth. Where is it? And then we don't even need to look overseas or to uh, Ireland in the 1980s. We can look a lot closer to home and find families torn apart by their stance on COVID. I've come across marriages so peaceful that husband and wife won't speak to each other for weeks on end. Peaceful as a tomb, that home. And, uh, and then there's Christmas time, which is supposed to be a time of peace, and I can't think of a more hectic, crazy time of year. Does Bono have a point? Has, uh, has Jesus' promise of peace on earth fallen short? Well, let's stop for a second, and let's reflect on this phrase, peace on earth. Did Jesus promise peace on earth? Who actually showed up and announced and proclaimed peace on earth? Anyone? The angels. Okay, thank you. So, Luke chapter 2, verse 14. The shepherds are in the fields. Jesus has been born and this is where the phrase comes from. The angels appear and they say, remember, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. If you're reading, I think, the King James, newer translations, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. So it wasn't Jesus initially 
It was the angels who said, with the birth of this child, there's an, a proclamation of peace on earth. Um, but if you look a little closer, you realize that they're not talking about world peace. The angels didn't announce world peace. They aren't talking about peace between men. They say, on earth, peace, goodwill toward men from God. This is an olive branch peace that the angels proclaim. An olive branch from God. Peace with God. So the angels proclaimed peace on earth, but actually on earth, peace toward men from God. Do you see the difference? Big difference between peace between men and peace with God. Um, Paul unpacks this idea a lot more for us in the epistles. I just want to read a couple of verses out of Romans 5, first of all, or one verse out of Romans 5. He summarizes it so well here. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. If you flip over to Ephesians chapter 2, he, uh, he dives into this a little bit more. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two. So he, he's still touching on that idea of, of the new man, the second Adam. Uh, thus making peace. And in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross. By which he put to death their hostility. So here it is again. He came and preached peace to you who are far away. And peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. So he's talking some big theological ideas. But what he's saying is that in Jesus Christ. The separating wall of sin that separated us from God has been removed. And we now have peace with God. So this is what the angels were talking about. When they appeared to the shepherds, they said, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace on those, or to those on whom his favor rests. Goodwill toward men. Peace with God. This is better news than world peace. Right? What good is peace between men if we are... Our relationship with the author and source of life and eternal life is broken. In fact, world peace must start with peace with God. So that's where he started. So I'm sorry, Bono. I appreciate your sentiment. But actually, don't put words in Jesus' mouth. It wasn't Jesus who said peace on earth. It was the angels who said peace with God on earth. Peace with those who live on earth with God. So, important distinction. However, what did Bono, or <laughs> Bono, what did Jesus say about peace? Do you remember? He, he said actually a fair bit about peace. But in Matthew 10, he actually says uh, the exact opposite. Bono's saying, where is the peace that you promised Jesus? Well, listen to what uh, Jesus says in Matthew 10. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. 
That's exactly what he's doing, exactly what we are doing when we wonder, God, like, where are you? Why is there no peace? And he says, don't suppose I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but what? You remember? A sword. So Jesus comes, making a way for peace with God, but he warns that his coming would force a choice, right? Come to me, come to me, all you who are weary, burdened. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in spirit. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. He comes in peace, offering peace, but not everyone will receive him. And this is the rub. Some will reject his offer. Some will persecute his followers. Some will wage war against his people. We still see. So Jesus says, I'm sorry about this, but when I come and offer peace with God, it will drive wedges between people. And then if you carry on in Matthew 10, he talks about driving, you know, father and son and daughter and mother and driving families apart, driving nations apart, driving people apart. That unfortunately, his offer of peace with God will create the opposite of, of world peace, or at least peace between people. However, there's really good news that comes along with that. And uh, Jesus talks about it in John 14. I think my slide has betrayed me already. Um, Jesus didn't promise peace on earth, but he did promise inner peace. You know what, what he promised? He promised eye of the storm type peace. Peace in the pocket. You know that idea that in the center of the tornado is, is like calm as stillness? This is what he says in John uh, 14 and, and then again in John 16. So this is sort of his last um, teaching, his final prayer to his disciples uh, at the end of his life. And this is what he says in John 14. Um, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. In chapter 16, he says, uh, oh, it's down here. I've told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. Um. When my youngest daughter was one, she came 
stumbling out of our bathroom, choking. I think she's about one. She's barely walking. And we had no idea what she had ingested. I didn't know if it was an object stuck in her throat. I didn't know if what bottle of what she had, I didn't know what she'd taken in. She was so small and she was choking. And I remember grabbing her and banging on her back and whatever it was like dislodged and she could breathe again. And then we thought, what, what is, what did she swallow? What's in her stomach? We called, I don't know if it was a helpline or if it was actually 911, and they said, get her to the hospital. We rushed to the nearest ER. They did a chest x-ray. It didn't show anything, but that wasn't conclusive. There are objects that won't show up in there if they're not metal, I suppose, plus if it was some chemical or I don't know what. So they said, uh, we want you to go to Children's Hospital. You're going in the ambulance because we, we need people on hand if, if on the way something happens. So I climbed in the back of the ambulance for a three-hour ride in the middle of the night to the nearest Children's Hospital so my daughter could have a scope. So one thing I've learned about myself is that I would rather an emergency when I can do something than sitting helpless. Anyone, anyone relate to that? I, I would rather be in the middle of like the trauma scene than, than sidelined for some reason. At, le just, at least I can do something. I know what to do. Maybe I know what to do. Anyway. So I sat there with my daughter in the back of the ambulance for hours. And all of a sudden, all the things I hadn't thought about were coming into my mind. And all I could do was pray. It was the only thing I could do. So that's what I did. And my wife must have been active on Facebook because... All of a sudden, a bunch of other people, I think, were praying too, and I found a piece in the pocket. Jesus did not promise world peace. He promised eye of the storm peace, and he promised trouble. But he said, my peace I give to you. In me you will find peace in the midst of trouble. Even better. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So, the angels proclaim peace with God, not world peace. Jesus promised inner peace, not world peace. But you know who did predict world peace? The prophets. Bono is actually right to wonder where is this world peace because the scriptures are full of predictions and promises of world peace eventually. Um, 
I don't have time to go through all of the passages. Our Zephaniah 3 passage that was read during the lighting of the Advent candle is one of them. They are all over, but I just want to um, jump into Isaiah for a moment because it ties in so nicely with Christmas. Okay, so this is Isaiah 9-6. You guys know this verse because we, we get it repeated every year. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Okay, there it is. This is the very next verse. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Just a few chapters earlier, Isaiah 2. Here's another prophecy in the last days the mountain of the lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains it will be raised above the hills and all nations will stream to it you hear that the new the new jerusalem right many peoples will come and say come let us go up to the mountain of the lord to the house of the god of jacob he will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. There'll be no more need for weaponry. We'll like melt it down and use it for something else. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Come, O house of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. It goes on and on. You want to get to Rev Revelation 21, the second last chapter in the Bible. Vivid imagery about the day when God makes his dwelling among us. And the old order passes away, and there's no more mourning or tears, or crying, or pain. Scripture is full of prophecies that world peace will happen, but you know when it will happen? When all people come to hear the will of the Lord, to learn His ways so that they may walk in His paths, so that his, when His law judges When we have one benevolent king, there will be peace. If Hitler had won in World War II, we would not have peace. When there is a one world government, we will still not have peace. There will be world peace when one benevolent king rules in the hearts and minds of all people. So the kingdom of peace 
was initiated when the angels announced peace with God. When Jesus came to bring us peace in the pocket. And one day when he returns and everyone left submits to him. We will have world peace. It's coming. We will experience world peace. Eventually. Eventually.